You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Delighted to say I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham. Will Pugh and James Jones here to talk about the last two games since I've seen them both. The fallout from that disappointing cup defeat to Oxford. Some would say humbling. There is big concerns. We're going to talk all about it and the game against Bournemouth on the weekend. But we do have a packed show in store for you tonight. We'll be looking at that Palace game on the weekend and talking to Alan Smith, the former Palace manager. And as always, we know why you tune in. The West Ham quiz is back with a vengeance. It is 4-2 in the standings. Can Will close it to one this week? Will will be feeling good about his chances we have to talk about the games because last week we was on a high. West Ham beat Man United. A great win, 2-0 there. Another London club couldn't get that result this weekend, but it was West Ham who beat Man United. But the big thing from that game, you both said, it was how West Ham would carry on that form. It's no good beating Man United if we don't follow it up in the next games. Yes, it was the League Cup. Yes, it was a slightly weaker side, but it was a side that should be beating Oxford and certainly shouldn't be losing uh, 4-0. Will, what did you make of that performance? Mm, rubbish. <laughs> it's, it's not, it, you know, yeah. Let's just call yeah. it as it is, really. It, it, it was rubbish. I think the 4-0 was probably, was saying to James, that... You know. Slightly flattering. Well, of course it was flattering. And the thing is, you know, they've got two late goals. We're pushing all our players forward because we want to get something from the game. Unfortunately, that happens sometimes. Masuaku slip. That's a bit of a one in a hundred thing. I think, I feel like we're in the same position this week as we were after the Aston Villa game. I remember speaking to you then, Charlie. We'd, it was nil-nil away. You know, when uh, I was up there for the game and it was it was frustrating. It was, it was one of those where 
we were the second best team on the night. You know, Aston Villa could feel their sloppy finishing really was was all the difference between the fact that we were escaped with a point and they, uh, you know, they they would feel more aggrieved after that game than we would have done uh, that it was nil nil. And I kind of feel the same again. I, I said after that that you know if we beat Man United, then that Villa point looks like an excellent point. And I feel like we're kind of in the same position this week approaching Palace. If we beat Palace at home this week, the the Oxford game kind of doesn't matter as much. And a point away at Bournemouth, who, you know, let's remember, only a point behind us, I think, yeah. in mm. the league as well. And they're having a good run of things, especially at home. I think it's one of those where if we go and beat Crystal Palace, it's all all right. It doesn't matter. But yeah, Again, the League Cup's frustrating. It is what it is. It, there's n- you can only talk about it so much. It's annoying. It's rubbish. We weren't good. We should be better. They made six changes to their team. As well, I know we made nine, but you know they made changes to their league team as well. So they had a team that weren't used to playing with each other as much. But I just feel like if we if we beat Palace at the weekend, it's all fine. But if we don't, then you sort of you're looking at a three game rut, if you like, where you're a bit like, oh, come on, we needed a bit more out of those. James, Will said there that if you get the result against Palace on the weekend, maybe Oxford will be out of everyone's minds. Is that how you feel? Because I thought of this game and I really paid attention to it because we spoke the day before and I know you know, these scorelines can happen. Yes, you should be beating Oxford. It's no disservice or disrespect to Oxford United. But I know how you two felt in this game, especially you, James. You wanted to really make a statement. It was a tie you should be winning. You wanted progress in the cup. How frustrating was this result for you? So I look back at it now and think, it is more frustrating now thinking about it than it was at the time. You were laughing at the time, weren't you? I, I, I was telling you earlier. I mean, I was laughing at the time. I said to my wife, "I was like, but can't, you wouldn't believe it. We're we're four 0 down to Oxford." She went, "Who are they?" <laughs> and I was like, "Exactly, we're four 0 down to Oxford." Yeah. And and you know, that's no disrespect to Oxford because they you know they fully deserve to mm. to to beat us four 0 And you know, good luck to them. Have a good run, but you know. But then we get the good result because I said last week on the uh, on the show that you know a point at Bournemouth would be a good point. We go and get that point, having been behind two one. Yeah, okay, we were leading, but you know it is what it is. And then suddenly it dawned on me on Saturday. I went, hang on, no, this is a bad, this is a bad result. The the Oxford game is more embarrassing than the the Wimbledon game last season. And the reason why that is is because we're we're far better this year than we were last year. Agreed. And. You know, our expectations this year are higher than they were last year. So, and we've been talking for ages about the cut run and how important it is. You know, we got that first season of under Pellegrini out, you know, out the way. You know, we're a little bit more settled than we were a couple of years ago. Let's go for a cut run. What cup are we more likely to win? Well, it's the League Cup, you know, because that's the cup that you know some some of the top six clubs don't, you know, don't try hard enough to win unless you're Man City and they just go out for everything. But and sorry, it's just, it's just quickly, annoying. They're not the it's only just, ones, are they? They're not the only ones, but at the same time, you know, yeah, okay, Premier League clubs lose to lower league opposition. They do. You know, it happens every single season. It happens every single cup season. Upsets. Cup upsets mm. happen every season in any cup, whether it's the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Champions League, the Europa League, you know, it happens. But to get beat 4 0. For me, that's unacceptable. Well, this is it. This is the manner of the defeat. And obviously, speaking to you guys and watching West Ham every week, when I was speaking about the results, I said, oh, you know, because I keep an eye on your results. I said, oh, West Ham have lost 4-0 to Oxford. 
and everyone went, oh, it's West Ham, ain't it? Same old West Ham beat Man United, then they go and lose to Oxford. And I sort of got on the defensive a little bit. I went, yeah, well, it's not the same old West Ham because this year, you know, as James alluded to, they are better and they should be winning the, these games. And I, I was almost a West Ham in spirit. I, I was. I don't want it to be the same old West Ham. Was that the frustration for you? I think... What I've been saying to you, Charlie, for a, for a while, whenever we spoke about the Cups before, because it is a bit of a football cliche that really annoys me when people go, oh, you know, clubs like West Ham, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, they should be winning a trophy. First of all, that's annoying because, I know James touched it just there, Man City, Liverpool, teams like that, they don't go into seasons just wanting to win the Premier League and the Champions League. Man City especially, they want to win every single mm. competition they're in. That's the nature of the club, that's the mindset of the football club. And no cup is easy to win. Exactly. So, you know, last year we lost at home to Tottenham in the League Cup. That's how we went out. And all right, it's Tottenham which is more annoying because of the rivalry, but from a purely footballing stance, you look at it and go, you know what, we lost to a Premier League side who are likely and did finish above us in the league this year. So we're at the League Cup to a Premier League team, fine. When you go out the FA Cup to AFC Wimbledon, that's that's what really grates me. And that's what I wanted to be different about this season. Everyone, you know, you, you'll either laugh at me or agree with me whenever I talk about the big team mentality that I'm a big fan of that Pellegrini talks about all the time. And But I think, a, you know, a sign of that big team mentality is if you get knocked out of the League Cup or the FA Cup by a team who are better than you, mm. then, then it's fine. But... And I just felt like this season was going to be one of those where we make small improvements towards that BTM, the big team mentality. We're by Triple beating P. teams we exactly <laughs> by beating teams we should beat in the league, and by in the cup competitions, you know, pushing aside teams like we did to Newport. To be fair, that was close. It was a bit of a boring game, but it was it a professional performance. Exactly that. That that is exactly the word there. Professional. Uh, Oxford was unprofessional and is a little bit annoying, but I'm very keen to to not let that dominate the narrative at the moment. And I, I wrote a column on the weekend just before the Bournemouth game, and in that I said, "Then look, it's happened. It was four 0 It is embarrassing. It is rubbish." But and everyone's kicking off on Twitter, going, oh, "I said disgrace," and I get that. I do understand that, but that is our B team. And as I was saying to James earlier on, Pellegrini, when he's given a speech before that Oxford game. He can't. It must be difficult to motivate those players because maybe one or two out of that eleven that started at Oxford have realistically got any chance of getting in the first eleven this season, bar injuries. If everyone's fit, maybe four nails. I think maybe one of the defenders maybe gets in. Mm. Other than that, really, he, he can't sit there before the game and go, "Ah, oh, tell you what, I don't know Zabaleta or Ayeti, if you play well tonight, you know you can get in the first team." It's just not true. Haller's going to play in front of him. And I'm not excusing it. I just think I don't want that to dominate what... Because everything is really good at the moment. I think that was a little blip. And I know we didn't beat Bournemouth, but if, if someone had said to me, look, you can, you'll can, lose to Bournemouth... Uh, sorry, you'll lose to Oxford and then beat Bournemouth, will you take it? I, I would have taken it. But you didn't beat Bournemouth. No, we didn't. No, that's what I'm saying. If we beat Palace, <laughs> it's all right. Four oh. points from those two. <laughs> but I just, no, I just think... Sorry, that, that's the thing. Though. Mm. It, it's a, it is annoying because I feel like... It's not progress. As far as cup yeah. competitions go, it's not progress from last season. But, you know, we're still doing right in the league, so let's try and you, stomach it for a bit. And you completely are, because you are still unbeaten since that opening day defeat. But I think the thing we've spoken about quite heavy on this show is, you know, West Ham finally sort of had like squad depth, you know, really strong, you know, the first team. If there is a few injuries or suspensions, you know, we hope not, but there is a few players who can come in. I know we said these players shouldn't be in the first eleven. We still want them to be trying. But if there is... 
because I do think it was just a bad day at the office. But if there is someone to blame for this or who's at fault, James, where does it lie for you? Is it the players or is it Pellegrini? We know after the game he was absolutely fuming. I said to you before before the game, and I did wonder, and it kind of it, it did get me thinking about where, what he says to these players before games like this. You know, we after the eight 0 win over Macclesfield last year, um, you know, I thought, oh, finally we got a manager that really gets players up for for games like this. You know, games that you know players on big money playing Premier League Premier League football club don't really want to be playing teams. No, no disrespect to them, but three or four leagues down, down the down the ladder in cup games, you know they've got things to do. They don't, they don't want to be playing those teams. It's hard to motivate them, and it is. Um, and over the years, we've we've fallen foul of that. We've lost the teams lower, you know, lower down in the in the divisions. But then Wimbledon happens, and now Oxford happens, and you, you do sit there and wonder, well, what is he saying to these players? Is it Pellegrini's fault? And don't get me wrong, I'm fully one hundred percent behind Pellegrini as West Ham manager. No, I, I, I think he's brilliant. I love him, but what is he saying to these players before games like this? What is he saying? Because he's picked a team that okay, yeah, it's 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 a it's a weakened team, but it's a team that should be beating Oxford United. I think this is the problem. It's a team that yeah. should be beating them. You know, you've got Jack Wilshire in the starting eleven. You've got a guy that's playing Champions League football in Ayeti last season. You know, you've got players there that you know, are good enough uh, and and hard enough to be able to beat teams like that. It doesn't matter whether you're home or away, what what division you're playing in or whatever. We had a squad out there that was good enough to beat Oxford United and they didn't look up for it. They weren't up for it. And for me, that's a problem. Because if you can't motivate teams like that, it keeps going about big team mentality. You know, you know how much I hate big team mentality. <laughs> right? You can't. It's, it's unacceptable. Will, how much was this a shock? Because, yes, we know West Ham have sometimes a, a bit of a history going out in the Cups and it's always hard to follow up a big performance with another big performance. But, obviously, Spurs went out to Colchester in the Cup and people were going, oh, that's a shock. And I would argue that... They, I drew, the ga- they drew the game, though. They, yeah. They did draw the game. But Spurs aren't in the greatest <laughs> form. They're having problems behind the scenes. For me, the biggest shock was West Ham because yeah. of the way you're playing this year. I, honestly, it really took me by surprise. Did you feel like it was a shock or can you brush it off as... Oh, we've seen this before. No, I'm determined to brush it off, to be honest. <laughs> no, I am, seriously. No, because I think, you know, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think, I remember when we lost 5-0 at Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. That defeat then, that was embarrassing, you know, or probably, I don't know if it was more or less, I know it was one goal more, but they were they were in a higher league than Oxford are. You know, I think it's, it's on a level playing field, but at the time, that defeat was emblematic of everything bad that was going on in the club. We were under Allardyce at the time. The football was absolutely appalling. We, you know, he was showing open disdain for the Cups, Allardyce, in order to secure ourselves a 13th place league finish, which is exactly what happened that year. It was 2014, I think, we went out to Nottingham Forest. And then uh, that was a time to scream and shout about it. Really, really was, because that was embarrassing. And that then was a symbol of everything that was going on at the club. It was bad. The football was terrible. The fans weren't happy, and it was like, yeah, Jesus, this is this. Everyone, look, this is what's going on at West Ham. It is bad. This isn't. This isn't. It's it's annoying. It is embarrassing. You obviously get a load of stick all week, and the scoreline doesn't help because it was a bit, you know, four 0 It's just like, oh, Jesus, to Oxford, crikey. Mm. But I think the important thing to remember is look at where we are in the league. We haven't lost. We, the only team we've lost to out of our games this season is Manchester City. 
we're doing all right. Everything's all right at West Ham. I think West Ham are doing slightly better than all right. They are unbeaten since that opening day, but Will wants to brush it off. So that's exactly what we're going to do because next we're going to forget all about the League Cup and we're going to be talking about the fallout from the Bournemouth game. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. We were just talking about the disappointing cup defeat to Oxford in the week. What were your thoughts? Tweet us and let us know at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. You can also WhatsApp your same views on that number as well. Let us know everything where the Hammers are concerned. Well, now, though, we turn our attentions to the previous weekend. It was Bournemouth. James, last week you said you settled for a point. It yep. was a point. 2-2. Two, yep. two. Funnily enough, again, Cresswell and Yarmolenko, what were your thoughts? They're the man, men of the minute. Yeah, it, yeah. I think I said last week it would be a good point and I was actually delighted. Okay, we went one new up. Well, you said to me before that you were a little bit gutted that, you know, you know, if you go one new up in a game then you expect to win it. It's just classic football fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, you know, we did go. We went one up, then two one down, and then we we called it back. And it's a game that, and it's a it's a result we wouldn't have got last year. And we lost two 0 there last year. <laughs> you sound like Declan Rice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but Declan Rice is right. What he said when he came out and did did that, you know, and he said that you know West Ham of last season would have lost those games. Um, and going two one down at Bournemouth with it, without the AR, it would have been three one. And um, and you know we would have lost that game probably four or five one because we would have capitulated. So we've done all right in terms of getting that point, given that we were behind. But you have to look at it and go if VAR weren't there. Thank God it is, could, eh? Could be, a, could be, yeah, it could be a one it though because. What did you think of the VAR for uh, obviously their goal? And obviously it was one nil up. They got the equaliser. There was a lot of hoo-ha about that. Will I know you, you're. You're a keen advocate of VAR. What did you think? Because Jeff Stelling said, no way should that be a goal. No, I, it was a goal. Yeah, uh, that's, know, that's I, the yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It was a goal. It, it, that, I just I had this conversation time and time again since it first came out, and I'm sure I'll have it for the rest of the season. <laughs> I was having it with my housemate the other night. It's just, you have to draw a line somewhere. The line is drawn by the lawmakers where it is at the moment. Whether they draw it somewhere else next season to say daylight, whatever, it doesn't matter, you will still get decisions, whether it's daylight or whether it is as it is now, where people are millimetres on or offside. When you've drawn a line there somewhere, the technology is in to help referees and people in general see where that line is drawn. So, you know, you will get tight ones where people go, ah, what are you calling that for offside? But Man United the other night was a prime example. The lines was put his flag up and the Bloke was Albamiang's goal against the lineup uh, way Trafford. out as well. Exactly, but that's did what you I'm feel saying. like again, Man United? Just quickly, would you like? Could you, couldn't you believe it when that was given offside to start with? But I just think that, that, that's what it's for. That's what it's for, isn't it? The, the, one of the consequences of VAR is going to be decisions like West Ham one. And I'm, well, I think West Ham have been a little not unfortunate, but we've been involved in a couple of millimetre ones this season, haven't we? The City one on the yeah, first game and then at the weekend. At the end of the day. The day that we are on the right end of a decision like Aubameyang's against Maguire at Old Trafford on Monday night, it's all fine then, is it? Because that, imagine 
genuinely imagine like which would have well, happened it was last the Liverpool season. game last year, wouldn't it? Exactly. James yeah, Milner, James if he'd Milner, have flagged yeah. that offside, it'd have been an absolute travesty, wouldn't it? And but no, the bloke was onside, he's put the ball in the net and it's one all and that was what's supposed to happen per the laws. I, th- I think that, you know, regardless of all the VAR stuff, we've got a point away from home and I've, I'm always a believer, you know, if, if, if you win your own games or more home games than you do you lose and you pick up, you, you just avoid defeat away from yeah, home. Which we have, haven't we? Yeah. Which we have. We've, you know, you're, you're on your way to a good season and barring a cup game and barring the opening three against City, um, we've done exactly what has been expected of us, really. And that's why we're fifth in the league and you know, only fifth in the league on goal difference or goal scored, as it were. Over Look at the smile, the glint in that so, man's eyes. He says that. I, I was saying to, he didn't need to say the last bit, but it's I, much appreciated. I was, appreciated. Saying, I was saying to my mate at work earlier, who's a Tottenham fan, I was going, we're, we're Champions League team next year. Do you know what? I'd love, I'd, lo- I'd love nothing more than us to get in the Champions League next year and go and win it. Shout just, out so we, just, go, just so we can go one better it. than you. Just so we can go one better than you. I'd I mean, love it if we beat them. Oh, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? It'd lovely. I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen, but well, you don't know, do you? You don't, don't know. You, don't no. know. you yeah, never know. It's nice to have dreams. It always is nice to have dreams. The season is young. Will, let's quickly talk about Yarmolenko because since that poor performance against Villa, you as Armelinari and should he come off, he's kind of performed better in the, the next two games, hasn't he? Obviously, United, Bournemouth, popped up with goals in each. Is this the type of performance you wanted to see from him? 100%. And I said it to you, didn't I, Charlie? We yeah. did the show after the Villa game and I thought, oh, blimey, you know... He not a good night for him at all. He got hauled off on about 60 minutes, I think, and deservedly so. He, he was really poor. And uh, absolutely, and I remember him start, starting the next game, and again, I said then, didn't I? I think he was lucky that there was the injury to Lanzini, so Fornells had come in the team. I genuinely don't think he would have started if Lanzini, Fornells, and uh, Anderson had been fit. I think that would have been the front three for that game. But, you know, credit to him. He's obviously realised, oh, Jesus, I've, I've had a poor game the last week, and this season... I've got my my position unlike some unlike you know if I was a Declan Rice or a Sebastian Haller or Fabianski whose teams if they're uh, sorry places in the team if they're fit are guaranteed this season let's be honest. Yarmolenko mm. isn't one of those players is he at all he's sort of the, in the latter stages of his career or he's one of the older older gang out of mm. that attacking quartet if you like. And no, I think absolutely he's he's realised, oh, I've had a dodgy game at Villa there and he's come out absolutely flying and the goals obviously help and they are a big part and he needs to chip in with those. But I think it's his overall performance as well uh, outside of those and the way he's linking in with the other players and just, his, like I say, the way he's generally played has been an absolute credit to him. And also, didn't you put a, a poll out on We Are West Ham saying should he start? And it, it was he got only forty three percent of the yeah. vote. Is that right? James, so you, people agree like that, with you. Yeah. Mikhail Antonio and Yarmolenko. That was the vote. And you, you were a big, obviously, you were an Antonio fan on that show, weren't you? We put the put the vote out, and yeah, the We Are West Ham listeners and the Twitter followers did actually vote for Antonio. But, but that obviously was before these two astonishing weeks that Yarmas had. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I still would. I think I still would prefer Antonio. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. James, come on. What? I thought you were going to climb back and agree that you were <laughs> no, actually wrong no, all along. No, climb back over to Yarmolenko. No, no, I mean, I love Yarmolenko. No, wait, well, don't see me. Well, no, I do, it. I do. <laughs> Yarmo, if, you, if you're listening, I do love you. If. Um, obviously, he's listening. Obviously, obviously he's listening. Yeah. No, I do, I do love Yarmo, but I, I just think that Antonio offers it just a little bit more. <laughs> and for me, that, that means a lot more. 
And uh, but don't get me wrong, he's he's had a brilliant couple of weeks. It does make me wonder, given the form he's in now, had we had him for all season last year, what we've been able to achieve with him in the team for the for the entire season. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I would at, at this moment in time still prefer Antonio. So I think he just gives that little bit more pace going forward, a bit more uh, sort of blind trickery that he offers. But yeah, I mean, you're shaking your head. No, nah, he's not you're happy. Abs- you're absolutely livid, mate. <laughs> well, to be <laughs> fair, well, you, get, you get a different view because you're watching it with the fans. James is in hospo. So <laughs> what, when, <laughs> exactly, when yeah. you're watching him, are you seeing more of a work ethic? I from think the that's player? it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot oh, closer man. to the pitch. I haven't got yeah. a couple of you bottles know, of red wine fans, on tap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. I mean, I didn't agree with you before. He'd scored two and two and <laughs> played out the skin twice. So now maybe. Well, I mean, it would be interesting to put that vote out again. But I mean, it was fairly close. But I think. It was 54% in favour of Antonio. And I think my problem with Antonio is I've just had... I've had a bit of a thing with him for quite a while. So I think that that comes into it. I like the idea of Yarmolenko. I think he's something a bit fresher. But, um, yeah, I think that... We've certainly done that conversation to death, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> he's not happy, James. Well, we're talking everything else from that game because, obviously, there was an injury to Fabianski. We're going to be talking more about Yarmolenko and Cresswell in a little bit. And also, it will be time for a Palace preview. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. That's right, it is time for the opposition view on the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by Will Pugh and James Jones from We Are West Ham. But we're also joined, and delighted to say we've been joined by Alan Smith, former Palace manager. Alan, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. It's a pleasure, Charlie. No problems. No, thank you for joining us. Huge clash on the weekend. West Ham unbeaten since game day one. Palace, though, in very good form themselves, beating Norwich on the weekend 2-0. What are your thoughts ahead of this one? Well, I think West Ham are really, <clears throat> you know, as you just state, they're in really good form. They've got great confidence at the moment. And uh, Palace are one of those teams, Charlie, that actually do play better away from home. Um, Roy Hodgson... Excuse me, years of experience, and they like playing on the counter attack. Uh, they've got pace up front, so they, 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 they actually look a better team away from home. And if you look at their results, it, it pretty much shows that way. At home, the fans tend to get a little bit frustrated because they sit back and then they've got this pace up front. And I think that they, they put to good use on Saturday. Alan, there's only three teams, I think it is, in the Premier League who've scored less goals than than Palace this year. And I mean, from my point of view, you look at their ninth in the table. Hodgson must be absolutely buzzing with the with the start to the season you've had. But six goals from seven games, although you've you've managed to eke out the wins and you've only got one defeat in five, that's surely a concern, is it not? Oh, big time! You know. Um... I think they've lacked, I, you know, I think Roy's been frustrated this year and not been able to get in another striker. They fought very hard to keep Zaha during the uh, summer and turned down offers of 60 million. You know, Everton were really keen to sign him. And uh, here we are, you know, now. And I'm just wondering whether Palace are sort of half thinking, well, perhaps we should have taken the money. And... Um, you know, reinvested in a couple of players. But look, they didn't. Um, Roy's not a defensive-minded coach, but his whole upbringing, you know, of working abroad, what he did at Fulham, it's always been based on the counter-attack. 
And I think that's, you know, caused them a problem this year. I've seen them on several times. Um, and games they should have won comfortably. Again, against Aston Villa earlier. Saturday was 2-0, but should have been more. I think that is a frustration for him. Alan, with, you know, Roy Hodgson's sort of coming, he's done a fantastic job at uh, Palace so far. Um, you know, are, are the fans pretty pleased with, with what he's achieved at Sellers Park? Or, or are they just beginning to feel as if, you know, <coughs> particularly given the fact that they've been able to hold on to, to Zaha in the summer, that, you know, it's probably about time, given the, 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 uh, the Premier League position at the moment, that you can start pushing forward a little bit rather than just settle for mid-table? I think there is a little bit of frustration. I think there's a, a lot of respect for him. Um, him and Ray Lewington, let me say, have done a very good job. Palace, are they a top 16? Probably not. Are they a 10th or 11th team? Yeah, probably they are. But the way fans are in general, and you know, expectation levels are high. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit of frustration there. But every time they get really frustrated, Roy manages to come up with a, you know, an exceptional result. Um, and I think he's done that all the way along. You know, he doesn't change his style. He doesn't like using substitutes to a great extent. He sticks with what he knows. That'd be quite interesting on Saturday. Um, but don't be sort of fooled if West Ham had a lot of the play. Um, that doesn't mean to say they're going to win the game. I mean, they, they are... A, overemphasising here, but they're a good counter-attacking team. Alan, one one thing I think all West Ham fans will be looking out for at the weekend will be Cheku Kiati and James Tompkins, obviously two West Ham old boys and two fans' favourites. Kiati yeah. seems a pretty much a shoo-in in the team every week, but Tompkins has certainly struggled for game time this season. You know, a couple of places on the bench yeah. has been about it. What can you tell us about them? Well, I think I think he's been disappointing, if I'm honest. Um, Tompkins or you know, Tompkins, yeah, I, I think he's been a little bit disappointing. Um, hasn't really had a sort of a major impact. I don't think Roy, you know, I think he veers against a plan. I'm sorry, just bringing on to players. I have to say, uh, just while I've got it on my mind, Cahill has been a really good signing from Chelsea. He studied the uh, the back four, and he's also. His communication levels are excellent, really are. Um, so I think that Cahill has been quite a key figure this year uh, for, for Roy and Palace. Alan, you mentioned that obviously Palace have been better away from home. They've been doing quite well there this year. They've also been doing very well at home. Seven points from the last nine. But they are away for this game on the weekend. It is a London clash. What is your score prediction? I want my heart to rule my head, if I'm really <laughs> honest. But I think West Ham in Pellegrini have, have got such a good manager. I, I love the way he goes about his work. He's quietly effective. He never gets carried away one way or the other. Um, so really, I think I'm going for... Uh, I think my Palace friends can't hear this too much. But I, so in my mind, it's going to be 2-0 to West Ham. I think they've got the ability... With their wide players, I think they've got a solid base to work from. So, for me, I'm afraid this is going to be a West Ham win. 
Well, hopefully your Palace uh, friends didn't hear it. But if they did, don't worry, because I think you've got some new West Ham friends. So they enjoyed that too. Neil, Alan, always a pleasure to speak to you. Alan Smith there, former Palace manager. Before I get your thoughts on the game, uh, I just want to quickly ask about Fabianski, because you mentioned, you know, if he is fit, he's, he's a guaranteed starter. He's been massive for West Ham. Again, another one who I think is very underrated. West Ham's player of the year last year. What's the latest with him? How long is he out? When can we see him back? It looks like three months, I think, oh. between two's best case, I think, mm. but it's likely three. Ripped a hip muscle, just taken a goal kick. And I, I can't think of a worse player in the squad to get injured, to be honest. I think that is terrible. I mean, Haller maybe would be the would be one of those who you really, really wouldn't want to lose. But I think especially the state of Roberto as well. I mean, James got a slightly different perspective on this. But the thing is, he hasn't covered himself in glory. I know he played at Oxford, conceded four. And I know, you know, none of them were like massive, huge howlers. But he just doesn't look decent. I remember seeing him, I watched him in the uh, Atletico Bilbao game before the season. And he looked a bit shaky there. And there's a, there's a few times, or whenever he's played, basically, no one's mm. gone, ah, oh, he looks all right. He, look, he looks solid. So, um, you know, to not dress it up too much, while well, the Oxford thing was bad, I think the worst thing that has happened to the club since we last did a show is definitely the injury to Fabianski. Well, James, what is your other perspective on it? Well, I mean, it does worry me. Uh, at first, when I heard the injury, I thought, oh, do you know what? You know, it's fine. We've got backup goalkeepers. You know, every club has them. You know, believe it or not. It just it's, it just annoys me that it's this year that we've had the Fabianski injury because we had Adrian, who was our backup keeper all last year. Away. Seventy grand a week, Adrian. Let's just remember that. Oh, don't know about the wages. We ain't seventy got grand it. a week. We haven't got to pay it, have we? <laughs> That's David Sullivan's problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I just I just think that it's just typical that it's happened this season. But my perspective on it is that you now everyone's been moaning. Oh, you know, is he good enough? Is Roberto good enough? Well. I think we've been told that he's probably not good enough by the fact that ever since that game, the manager's come out and gone, I trust Roberto, I trust him. Fredericks has come out and gone, oh yeah, Roberto's great in training, yeah, he's brilliant. (laughs) Suddenly, all these little interviews, they're all dropping in little quotes on how good Roberto is in training and and, and how much the, the, the squad love him and how good he is and how much they trust him. And for me, I mean, no one asked for that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not he's not had a couple of stormers and then going, oh yeah, we love him. Yeah, that's why we love him because he's had a couple of really good games. You know, they're doing it because they're like, everyone, like, get behind him. He needs a bit of confidence. And that worries me more than anything else because, you know, they've forced... It's almost like propaganda. They forced it. <laughs> yeah, they forced yeah. it. Going, oh no, he is quite good. So don't worry about Fairmans. He's fine. D- Forget about Fairmans. Despite what you've all seen yeah. in person, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you haven't seen that. No, yeah. no. What you've seen is false. <laughs> you, you just forget what you've seen. Next time he's you actually, see him, he'll be loads. Better. He's actually the best goalkeeper in the world. <laughs> he might be. We never know. I've, you know, I do like a soundbite. But how quickly? Not could this derail West Ham's fantastic start to the season, but you know it is such a key piece. The goalkeeper, you know, it gives confidence to his defenders. It, you know, it, it reverberates through the rest of the team. How big a cause for concern is this? Will we're not obviously it's going to be down to one man, but if he is at a much lower level than Fabianski, is it a big worry? No, it's enormous. I think first of all, I, I don't know what it says about David Martin. He must be really bad. Well, at least he gets a spot on the benches. Right? <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I do. I, I, I think it's it's bad news to be honest because I think you've got the the defence there. In you know, we've somehow managed to keep a few clean sheets this season, haven't we? 
and somehow, some it is somehow because I think that defense it's going to looks, continue with Roberto, but that defense looks shaky. I think Fredericks and Masuaku, when he was playing, are very attack minded, and that's the way Pellegrini wants to play, and that's fine. But with that, you lose that bit of defensive balance, and that's, I mentioned it already. But Aston Villa, that was we were lucky not to concede. Then that was sloppy finishing that that didn't do it, and. You know, Fabianski kept us in that game. He he was probably man of the match in that game for us, him or Declan. And I just I do think that that we're gonna the defense is gonna be exposed a lot more than it has been. I think a lot of the time this season, Pellegrini's got that balance right. Where he's gone, all right. You know what? I can afford to have the defenders or the wing backs bombing forward because if we get a few, we concede a few shots at goal during the game. The numbers tell me that Fabianski's going to get behind them most of the time, so we'll be all right. Now I think I'd be having I'd be playing six at the back every week. It's just we got to make sure that no one shoots against <laughs> us. Just don't. that's an easy task in a football game. Yeah, don't shoot <laughs> against us. Just please don't. Well, I know you're saying the the cause for concern is now the defence. How many shots will they take in a game? But before we get your score predictions, let's quickly look at the attacking options. I don't want to. It all to be about the defence. Sebastian Haller, yes, he's not getting on the score sheet, but very impressive performances. You're talking about how uh, pleased you both are, him as a target man. I think I think he's been absolutely superb. Okay, he's not scored in, what, three games, is it? Three Premier League games? Mm. Um, it's annoying that strikers are only judged on their goal yeah, scoring. But, I, mean, I mean, if you speak to any West Ham fan, they're not worried about you know yeah. three games where he's not scored because he's got three in his first two and everyone was you know, getting a bit excited. You know, he's going to keep scoring, but... You know, he got an assist uh, for the Yarmolenko goal at Bournemouth and, and the, the way he brought that ball down when it looked like it was going to go out for a throw um, or, or for a goal kick. I mean, if that was Andy Carroll trying to bring that down, he would have pulled a hamstring. So, <laughs> um, he's on fire tonight. Poor it, old Andy. It was, oh, I love him. I love him. Sorry, Andy. Um, but yeah, it, he's he's really brought something, you know, just a little bit more confidence up front for us. Yeah, okay, we had Arnautovic. um and you know he he was a little bit more active going forward than than Haller, but he just offers that that extra dimension up up front. But he 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 doesn't make a mistake. He brings the ball down, brings other attacking players into play. I've not seen him have a bad game for us. And a lot of people will go, yeah, but he ain't scored for three games. But you know we haven't paid forty five million quid just for him to bang in forty fifty goals. You know he's going to create goals. He's going to it'd be nice. It'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know he's going to create goals. He's going to have to. You know he's going to pull defenders out of position to allow Lanzini, Anderson, and whoever else to uh, uh, to, to to fill those spaces. And that's what he's good at. Uh, yeah, and he'll score ten fifteen goals in the season. I, I have no doubt about it. But he'll also get sort of you know five ten assists as well. I'm sure. And you know he's, he's a very very good target man. A very good target, man. Maybe he'll get back on a score sheet this weekend because it is Crystal Palace. I have to ask for your predictions, Will. I'll start with you. What are your thoughts? I think it'll be a lot tighter than people think. I've mentioned it there. Palace haven't scored a lot this season, but you know, to get the points they have, it means they've had to be pretty solid at the back as well. I think they're going to come. I think this is going to be a pretty boring game, to be honest. I think I'm going to go 1 0 West Ham. 1 0 West Ham, James. Uh, one, who gets that? Sorry, James. Who gets it? Um. I think it's going to be one of them where we get one from distance. I'm going to go... Creswell, three in a row, surely. <laughs> no, I reckon Felipe's due a goal. He Actually, is due a goal. Uh, Lanzini, I don't think he's back, is he? Because he loves a goal against Palace. He does. I'm going to go Felipe. Felipe 1-0. Felipe 1-0. James? Well, I mean, the fact that uh, Palace haven't been scoring many this season, they're bound to get one or two against <laughs> us. You're yeah, not, yeah. This doesn't help him with the, the BTM, the big team mentality, if you're saying <laughs> things like this, James. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't think like this to start. There is no big team mentality. We lost to Oxford 4-0. That's not a big team mentality. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say three one. We'll, we'll concede because they don't score many, so they'll get one against us. Good show I'll say for three one. Uh, I mean, it's not bad, is it? Three one, yeah. you take it. Uh, and you know what I'll say? Anderson one, Haller two. Kiarty scoring the Crystal Palace one, isn't he? Either that or Jimbo. Nah. <laughs> Zaha. Could be. Nah, it'll be... I reckon Kiarty, I, I fancy that's worth, a, yeah. that's worth a pound. Yeah. Well, there are your predictions. One Neil Will said it could be a boring game. James is saying different. He's saying 3-1. Both are saying West Ham for the win. So is the former Palace manager, Alan Smith, who we just heard from there. But next, it has to be the West Ham quiz. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. We were just doing our Crystal Palace preview and we heard from Alan Smith, former Palace manager as well. It was a resounding three West Ham wins from the panel. But now we have to go to, and what it can only be, it is time for the West Ham Mystery Quiz. Okay, I just want to do my due diligence and say that the scores are 4-2. 4-2 in games. James? 4-2 in game weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 4-2 in games. And the score overall is? 11-7. 11-7 to James. So you're, you've got a four-point lead, James. That's, bear, bear in mind, it is important to remember that 11-7 is just goal difference, isn't it? Remember? It's just goal difference. It's just goal difference at the moment. Yeah, it's 4-2 four, four on game weeks in total, which is an ideal. I'll grant you that, James. But I, I had a win last week. I was due one, wasn't I? I was due a win last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. You know, there was a massive controversy a couple of weeks before, before me and you had an international break, wasn't there, when Charlie gave, said oh. that Modi Army signed for West Ham in 2002. And in I fact, remember it, it well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, People thanks. have been speaking about it since, calling for VAR in the studio and, you know. We've got it. <laughs> That's it, absolutely. Yeah, we've got it now. This is We're what all streaming. the streaming's for, isn't it? This yeah. is it. No mistakes now because you get pulled up straight away. Well, it is 4-2. It is 11-7. But a good 3-0 victory. It could bring it back to 11-10. One in game. It is all to play for. This is the West Ham Mystery Quiz. And this is player one, clue number one. Began their football career in 1987. Clue number two. Part of the promotion side in 2005. Okay, that's good. Mo like the army. <laughs> <laughs> it was earlier, 80s. Clue number three voted Sir Fenn's all time cult hero. Jimmy Walker. No. Hey? <laughs> Chris Powell. That's correct. Oh, he's got him. He's got his one nil. Will, I must say, is off to a flight. James looks flustered for the well, first time ever in his quiz. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Player number two. James, you need this. Will you get out of sight? Player number two. Clue number one. Signed by Zola on loan in 2008. Kepa Blanco? No. Grow up, Will. Come on, mate. <laughs> clue number two. Scored two on his home debut. Guillermo Franco? No. Oh. Clue number three is an Italian national. Di Michele. That is correct. It is 1-1. Oh, one, one. No. David Di Michele and Chris Powell were the first two names well. at the hat. It is huge because it is fingers on the buzz and we have entered a tie-breaking situation on the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio. This next one is the last one and it is the one that matters. Who will take the victory next week? Player number three in the tiebreaker, clue number one, began their career 
at Norwich. Dean Ashton? No. Guys, obvious, isn't it? I'd be annoyed if that was right. <laughs> Clue number two. Signed for 750k in July 1993. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Clue number three. Scored their first ever goal in the Premier League for West Ham. Mike Marsh. No. (laughs) (laughs) Clue number four. Only played nine games. Oh, mate. So I'm assuming it's West Ham, not overall, but yeah. Matty Holmes. No. No. You're firing a lot at James. You need to get in there because this is the last clue. Did you say, sorry, was the last clue he didn't score? Or he only played nine games, right? Only played nine games. And the final clue for the final player in what is this tiebreaker? Clue number five, shirt number 11. Oh, blimey. It wasn't Matty Holmes. Can we have a little quick recap on the quick clue? Quick recap. Yeah, let's have a recap I'll, 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 I'll can make a clue up here. Right, clue number one, began their career at Norwich. Clue number two, signed for 750k in July 1993. Clue number three, scored first ever goal in the Premier League for West Ham. Clue number four, only played nine games. Clue number five, war number 11. Oh, blimey. It's difficult. This is the worst. This is, this is, the this hardest is very tough, yeah. What do you want to do? Right, can, you, can, you, can you add a clue in? I can, well, I can give the initials or is that too much? No, go on. What do you think, James? I think we're, we're not getting it here. Yeah, we? we ain't getting it. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a, a lot of listeners are getting it. Mm. I hope but, come on, so, it's yeah. one They're one. screaming this at their radios right Norwich, now. And we're, we're... 93. Wait, let me get up another clue, wait. God, blimey. I mean, 1993, Norwich, 750 grand. Right. Played for England under-21s four times. Oh, that's not helping me, man. <laughs> come on. No help whatsoever. <laughs> What's this all Ended about? their career at Bournemouth. I'll give you their clubs. Started Lee Hodges? No. Oh, it's a shout, though. Played uh, played 45 times for West Ham. 40. No, nine times for West Ham. Played 45 times for Rangers before West Ham. Oh, blimey. This is difficult. This is, this After is the West best Ham, one, though, joined right? Peterborough on loan from West Ham, then went to Millwall on loan. Ah, uh, Steve Lomas. No, he was not. Nah, no, he played Lomas, He was number eleven. Yeah, I think we're uh, getting into initial this territory. This is tough. Yeah, initials. I, yeah. Think, I think I know it, but I can't. Get, his, his name's not coming to me. <laughs> oh, that that chestnut. Yeah. The initials are. The first initial is D. The surname is G. Dale Gordon. That's correct. Bang. <laughs> Two one. Will has won the quiz. I would have never got that. So fair play. Fair play. Two one, <laughs> which means overall the scores are twelve nine, but it is four three in games. Will, Two if you win next week and a clean sweep it would be level on games and level on scores that is 2-1 James you, you look a bit now slightly more no, no, worried to be fair I would never have got that one I would never have got Dale Golden <laughs> he, he, you know when I said oh, I've got I've got a name in my head but I can't think of it mm. yeah it weren't Dale Golden <laughs> it wasn't Dale Golden yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean he's yeah that's two so, wins on the bounce so. two, two wins, wins on the bounce all on the, the momentum with you Will Dean McKayley was a guy I'm, I'm annoyed at myself I didn't get that 
Uh, that was a good shout from you, but Will, you're too quick to fire a million other names at. Ah, uh, but you never know. You know what, James is like. I'm up against some a formidable opponent here, aren't I? I've got to be quick. Got to get the points if I can pick them up. Yeah. And you're, you're like the Oxford at the moment. That's you know, it. You're, you're scoring the goals. According to you, is there a Christmas forfeit in this West Ham? There quiz? is. Yeah, we we decided that. Uh, You've got a pint the, on it. Yes, well, a, a pint, pint or ten probably at the Christmas party. Probably. The We Are West Ham <laughs> Christmas party. Yeah, the We Are Christmas. Okay, I like a it. Four three though. I would take that four three. It was, you know, only a couple of weeks ago I was four one down. It was, things weren't looking good, but I maintained my positive momentum with shouts like Mark Reaper. Oh. And well, and Hugo Perforio, obviously, the, I knew the talent was there. Them. The, the, you know, the fans were behind me all along, and yeah. I'd just like to thank them. And you know, I hope to keep it on next week and, like and pull it back them. to four. You, you ain't won anything. <laughs> I'm right. saying, thanks for sticking with me through the tough times. Oh, the right. form's turned around. Yeah. It's four three. You know, it's just anyone's it? game. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I think he's, I think he's just milking this one a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> James, be... we need to get you back on form. I know. I mean, since, two weeks on the spin. Since I've been away, I've been I've been quite relaxed. Mm. You know, I'm, I've lost that big team mentality. It's a lot of West Ham playing. Cup playing game. It's a cup really. game for you tonight. It's a cup game. Last two weeks, cup two games. cup games in a cup row. Games. That is though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. It is what it is. I'm going to ring Dale Gordon up and see if he wants to come to the yeah. We Are West Ham Christmas You're party. You're doing your, your own version <laughs> of Mini West Ham here. You lost the opener and then since then you've, you've been on a bit of a run, ain't you, Will? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Strength to strength. No, I'm proud of myself. I've always, proud I've always of backed myself. I knew I had the ability before, as I said, Perforio, Mark Reaper. It's not the sort of thing that you yeah, just Yeah, but I pulled out Danny Williamson last, last weekend. <laughs> and, and, I mean, that was the best call out of all of them. <laughs> no chance. But, no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty pleased with how things are looking going into the next international break, Charlie. Let's be honest. Well, it is 12, 9 and 4, 3 to James in game and week scores. That was your West Ham quiz. And this was the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, Will Pugh, James Jones from We Are West Ham. West Ham do have Crystal Palace on the weekend, but they are going for a resounding victory. We will see you next Tuesday at 7 o'clock on the West Ham Fan Show. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.